It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Upfront program Wednesday. We're going to cover a lot of topics uh, today. We'll talk about real estate, Autumn Fest, summer activities in Woonsocket, the downtown district, public schools, wearing masks, COVID-19, you name it. All over the place. Garrett Manceri has uh, joined us in studio. We're going to we're going to uh, tap his uh, wealth of knowledge on a number of topics. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, everybody. Where do we begin with you? Let's do the easy stuff first of all. Um, the Downtown Woonsocket Collaborative is that one? I know it's not the right. That's the name. Yeah, you got yep. it correct. Oh, it's I got not. it. Yep. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Absolutely amazing. All right. So, um, first of all, um, that's gonna we're gonna ask you about that. Um, you uh, direct that organization. And uh, you have a major fundraiser coming up, and uh, we'll backtrack on the organization, but uh, maybe a little bit on the upcoming event in August. So we're very excited to once again launch our very popular event called Twilight on the Blackstone. So that is a dinner on the Court Street Bridge in Woonsocket. So that's going to be held on August 28th this year uh, from 6 to 10. Uh, tickets are now available. So for one ticket, it's 75 For two tickets, it's $140. Uh, eight tickets saves you the most money at 550 for a table of eight. Um, rain date is, hopefully we don't need that, but hopefully we got done with all our rain in July. But the rain date will be Sunday, uh, the day after, so August 29th. And um, we're going to have the beer dogs there, so they're going to be the entertainment. Um, dinner this year is going to be a little bit different. So in previous years, we've had work with uh, local restaurants. But as most people know, they're uh, still struggling with staff uh, shortages and that kind of thing, still dealing with com- coming back from the pandemic. So we're going to deal with uh, Mill Race uh, chefs instead, and they're going to be uh, catering the whole meal. So the appetizer, uh, salad, and main course will be provided by uh, gatherings by Chef Paul. And he's going to be doing a summer crab cakes and Florentine puffs. That's going to be the appetizer. Uh, the salad is going to be a strawberry arugula uh, salad. Uh, the main course, you're going to have a choice of chicken or cod franchise. And the dessert this year will be catered by a small and sweet bake shop. And they're going to be doing a trio of mini cupcakes, uh, which will be lemon ginger, uh, lychee, and strawberry Thai basil. So tickets are available on our website, which is uh, dwc02895.org, which is the zip code for Woonsocket. And we also have sponsorships available as well, too. Uh, special shout-out to Bourget and Associates uh, and Rotary Club of Woonsocket, which are already our sponsors, but we're looking for more. So we have a Main Street Hero uh, for $1,000, which will get you a table and also other perks, and also a Main Street supporter, which is $500, which will get you on our very popular backboard. Uh, so again, you can go to dwc02895.org for that information. The official name of that event again? Twilight on the Blackstone. All right. And that is in August. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say about the uh, downtown collaborative um, in general before we move on to another topic? Yeah, so uh, just in general, um, I'm very proud of, especially the business owners on on Main Street, because they really stuck it out throughout the pandemic. Uh, If you track, and and we do track our vacancy rate, and um, over the past uh, five to six years, we've still seen a 30% reduction in in vacancy, and that's pretty huge uh, to see that the business owners have kind of stuck through it. Uh, We've actually had a district that has grown throughout the pandemic, which is great. Um, I think it slowed us down a bit, but now we're kind of kicking back up in the speed and you see more businesses that are opening up and expanding in the district. Um, and it's just exciting to see. It's exciting to see people again, you know, out shopping and feeling comfortable that, you know, they can be out and, and have a fun events like this. You know, we, we also launched an Arts in the Alley event at Lobs Brewing, and that's been very successful. Uh, again, you know, bringing people down into the downtown area and having them see what, what we have to offer. So uh, we're really excited about the future, and uh, I think only better things to come. All right. Now we're going to move uh, to Autumn Fest. Mm-hmm. And um, so here we are, July, October is approaching. Where are you on Autumn Fest? Yeah, so uh, summer's going by very quickly. You know, summer's my favorite uh, favorite season, but it seems to be flying by. 
Um, and then once uh, fall comes, it's autumn fest time, and it's always autumn fest time for us because we work, you know, all year long. Uh, we're really making a big push this year for fundraising um, and trying to get uh, sponsors back involved and get the community engaged like we do every single year. Um, so I think a lot of people miss Autumnfest. I think it's something that we never thought uh, ever would be canceled. Uh, it was certainly a hard decision to make that decision. But um, now we're back in, in regular mode and everyone's you know uh, really excited about it. Um, we're making a really big push for the parade, so we just sent out the parade press release to encourage people to, uh, you know, be a walker, a float, a uh, vehicle, whatever you can, uh, try to be a part of this parade because uh, it's going to be a really special time that people will, will, you know, really looking forward to these kind of activities again. So we want people to be engaged and being part of uh, Onifest this year. What about food? How will food be handled differently this year than other years, or will it be different? It will be. Um, so, as you know, uh, you know, there's two areas that are really, really crowded uh, at Onifest, and that would be the beer tent and also the food row area. So, uh, even though you know most people are vaccinated, we still want people to feel comfortable. We still want people to feel like um, it's not so crowded. So, food row will be expanded this year. It will be uh, more spread out. So, if you're familiar with the area between food row and uh, the beer tent behind the bathrooms there. That will all be uh, part of Food Row. So we're going to be expanding that. So there will be all food and dining in that area. And in addition to that, uh, we'll be launching a new uh, wine garden this year. So there will be two opportunities to have uh, you know, uh, alcoholic beverages. There will be the beer tent, um, which is located in the parking lot uh, on East School Street. And then we're also going to be doing another tent. Uh, near the baseball field and that will be a wine garden area so that again will give people more opportunity to come out and enjoy them to themselves um, and not be so uh, crowded within each other probably would attract two different crowds too i believe it will yeah so uh we're still working out the details on the wine garden but it will be uh you know not so much of the you know beer and picnic table atmosphere this will be like sit down uh, with tables and chairs and that kind of you know cocktail tables and that kind of thing so i think it will be a different clientele that will want uh different options is there going to be anything tremendously different from autumn fest or are you just resuming autumn fest with pretty much the same features uh, for the most part, it will look the same. You know, like I talked about, that will be a change. Uh, you know, that you'll see things more spread out. But um, all the staples, you know, the parade will be back. Entertainment will be the same. Uh, Kids Fest area will be the same. Uh, arts and vendors will be there. Uh, sports and fitness may be a little tailored differently um, to, you know, encourage less interaction with each other. But, um, you know, for the most part, uh, it will look like a, a regular Olympic Fest. So people are excited about it. Okay, and... Uh Right now, the two uh, promotions for Autumn Fest are uh, the sale of the buttons, and then a calendar will be available. How soon? Uh, I would say within the next couple of weeks, uh, the calendar will be complete and be out soon. So that's another big fundraiser for us, and we really appreciate you know all the sponsors, the people that give us, even the gift cards for the calendar. You know, I want to acknowledge them too because that that makes a huge difference to us to help us raise money. You know, uh, I know there's been some talk about uh, you know applying for grants and getting all the sponsors, and people wonder why it why we make such a big push, uh, and that's because you know we we also uh, have been trying to build up the reserve. Um, people don't know, but if Onfest has a, a washout, you know, the entire weekend. Um, we're going to lose some serious money. And we don't want to be in a situation where we're struggling financially, trying to come up with ideas on how to get, you know, give out money. So that's why we're always trying to raise money to keep Autumnfest free and also uh, alive for many years to come. Rhode Island, uh, uh, no, not Rhode Island Commerce, excuse me, the uh, Small Business Administration uh, last week announced a whole bunch of uh, grants for restaurants because mm -hmm. it made a headline writes uh, chicken farm up in Boroughville mm -hmm. got almost three million dollars and congratulations to them mm -hmm. here in Woonsocket River Falls uh, picked up 300,000 or nice. so and yep. Empire Buffet right up the street picked up a, a bunch of money mm -hmm. now you picked up some money but not from the SBA you you did pick up some uh, some money for an application that you um that you submitted and and um, so tell us a little bit about who who you submitted that application to and how much money you got and what that money can be used for sure so the sba uh, launched a grant program called the shuttered venues grant 
and um, and you know anything dealing with the federal government is not as simple as you as you might imagine. Uh, so we had to create a, a SAM government account. Um, and have that established, and then on top of that, we had a very lengthy application, which required a whole lot of information uh, to be created uh, and also submitted. So it was a lot of work. It took about four to five weeks to submit the application, but um, they gave you up to 45% of your sales. Uh, so for Autofest, that was uh, 95000 so I really had no idea, you know, what we were going to get funded, if they were going to give us, you know, 5000 10000 20000 But I said, hey, you know, submit the whole thing and see what happens. And uh, they ended up giving us all, all the money. So uh, that's great. Um, we have to spend it on outside, outside vendors, which, as you know, <laughs> it's very easy to spend uh, $95,000 uh, when you have a budget of nearly two fifty. So, um, you know, that's what we have to, quote, unquote, spend it on. And um, that'll, be, that'll be happening this year. Could you define outside vendors for me? So that would be the ride uh, amusement people. Uh, it would be um, it, the bands, uh, the entertainment uh, for the stage and for the parade. Um, so any, any vendors like that uh, qualify as outside vendors. So in other words, you could uh, bring in a big fancy uh, marching band if you wanted to um, uh, do uh, maybe highlight the parade if you wanted to. As an example. Correct, yeah. Our, our headliner band, uh, I'm actually talking to the parade chair about that, so I told him that, that uh, the headliner that he wanted was a little bit more expensive. So I said, well, now we got a nice big grant. So I said, go ahead and, and book him and, and get him in here. So that's another example, yep. So we'll be looking for, uh, for a nice, uh, shall we say, major announcement about what is the headline band this year. It should be a little bit, uh, shall we say, different than uh, what we've, you know, we can usually afford. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, so that should come out uh, relatively soon, maybe in like um, another month or so. We'll, we'll make that announcement. Any other announcements you'd like to make about Autumn Fest? Just if you want more information, make sure to follow us on the Facebook page and also uh, the website, which is autumnfest.org. Thank you. Um, so we've covered the when when we talked on the phone or whatever way we communicate. Um, we wanted to talk about the collaborative and Twilight mm-hmm. on the Blackstone and Autumn Fest. We've done that. Mm-hmm. Any other further announcements there before I uh, talk to you a little bit about real estate? Uh, very quickly. So next week, we're going to launch the uh, um, Novin's Pride 5K. So for the first time ever, we're going to partner with the Georgia City uh, 5K uh, committee. And uh, we're going to have that race on Autumn Fest weekend on that Sunday. So... Uh, be on the lookout for that. We're going to make some posts on the Facebook page and also the website, so sign-ups will be available next week. What do you mean by 5K? Is it a is it a race, a walk, a boat? So I believe 5K is uh, about a little over three miles, and it's a run-walk um, race. So if, even if you don't feel like running, you can still walk. And um, the money goes to uh, different scholarships uh, that the Nasuti family uh, in the committee uh, give out. Will there be uh, prizes for the winners of the race or, uh, or just nice shirts? Um, definitely, or, or <laughs> definitely nice shirts. So you can pick up a shirt if you want. I have several of them. Uh, and I don't know if the winner gets a, a prize. So I'd have to... More to come on that, right? Probably medals instead mm-hmm. of cash prizes, so... All right, so um, now we're going to move on to real estate. And, um, and there was a story in the Providence Journal, actually uh, several stories uh, that are statewide in scope. And I wanted to ask somebody who's in the real estate market what their opinion is. There are other real estate persons uh, in, that I come in contact with. I'll ask them mm-hmm. too, but um, I'm asking you now. Mm-hmm. One story had to do with frustrated buyers giving up on buying real estate here in Rhode Island yep. because um, they, um, well, the whole bunch of reasons. They, they can't find properties. Uh, they don't like being in competition and in a bidding war for properties and so forth. Mm-hmm. Is that really happening in the northern Rhode Island market or is that more uh, for nice properties in Little Compton and Narragansett and South Kingstown? 
No, uh, it's basically there's frustration for buyers on on all aspects, uh, all different areas, all different in, uh, you know levels of uh, income, uh, and that is because there's so little inventory. Um, I've been selling real estate for 14 years, and I can tell you that I've never seen so little inventory that there is right now. Um, and that's mostly due to the fact that a lot of people don't want to list, and even though if they do want to sell. Um, I, I tell them that we really can't sell it until you find somewhere where you w- w- want to go um, because it's a situation where it could take you, you know, a year or a year and a half to find a place and no one's going to sit around and wait for a house for that long. So um, that's why it's like it's really um, it's a tough market to, to be in and um, you need to try to work with buyers and try to get them to spend as much money as, as possible, which many buyers don't want to do. So even though they're excited about, you know, yay, my house is worth, you know, $50,000 more. Um, you might have to spend sixty or seventy thousand dollars more than you want on a house, <laughs> so uh, that's why people are like, you know what, it's not worth it, and we're just going to wait for the market to calm down a little bit, which I think it will. So um, I think it's probably a better strategy to kind of wait it out a little bit and uh, see how things go. But it's a great market if you want to have to sell and don't have to buy anything, or if you want to move to an apartment. Uh, now is the perfect time to sell your house and, and do that kind of a thing, but it's not a great time to sell and buy at the same time. And now that brings me to that other part of the uh, marketplace, the rental market. So has has the rental market shot up in price um, so that you sell your house, you've got all this uh, money, um, and um, and now you have to deal with much higher rentals. Uh, so rentals are also going up because, <laughs> as you know, uh, there's a little to choose from that uh, they, landlords feel like they can get more money. Um, so that always happens. Um, you know, they they see the market is turning and so they say, you know, instead of getting $1,000 a month, we're going to get $1,200 a month. And people, you know, have to pay it because there's not many options out there. So we're seeing that as well, too. Uh, even in commercial, it's starting to, you know, go up as well, too, uh, where there's just less to choose from so that you know low supply means higher price that's just the way it goes there's a story today that bellingham electric is going to be the new tenant uh in the uh winter street property Mm -hmm. uh, that athena's had to move out of so uh, i'm just wondering um if there's any background information you could give us so somebody buys uh that winter street property and um, they give a notice to the current tenant, you got to leave in 90 days. And apparently they have somebody waiting to come in to, uh, to rent it, uh, or lease it rather. And uh, I'm wondering whether this is a, one of those cases where you had a rental agreement uh, at a certain price and you can bring somebody in uh, at a much, much higher premium. Is that might, might have been what happened there? Or is that a completely different story? No, that's, that's basically the story. So... Um uh, last year, uh, Northeast Finishing came in and bought 640 Winter Street. They paid a little over a million dollars for the building. Um, and uh, they you know, talked to Athena's at the time and they said, you know, we would like you to sign a long-term lease. And the issue with that was uh, we were just entering into the pandemic in, in March of last year. So uh, as most people know, Athena's is a home party-based business uh, that makes sales. So uh, their business took a hit uh, during that particular time, and she couldn't sign that agreement. So um, just shortly after uh, Jen was named the Grand Marshal, about a week or two after, um, she called me and told me that uh, her landlord gave her notice that they had another tenant, uh, which is kind of surprising to me because when I met with her, uh, she explained that she was paying about $5,000 a month uh, for that space of 12,000 square feet, which to me was a good amount of money. Um, But they had somebody that wanted to pay more. So she actually had 30 days to get out of her space and we were able to negotiate a lease termination agreement which gave her 90 days because and that was really important because you know in 30 days she was going to have to move to a temporary space so she would have had to pay for moving to the temporary space and then to the permanent space so that was going to be really expensive for her so fortunately you know we were able to find 1296 Park East Drive and um, she brought in all of her staff and we were able to make it work and close on it very quickly. Uh, and that's a great thing. You know, now Athena's uh, it turned out to be a, a good thing for her. Um, I just wish that we had more time and it was less stressful. But, uh, you know, it turned out to be a good situation. And now she's a property owner up there in Highland Corporate Park. So it's great. My uh, final real estate question has to do with um, a question that is strictly guesswork. Uh, it's like asking Chris Boulay when he's visiting with us on Thursday, mm-hmm. how is the stock market going to be uh, a year from now? You, you don't know. But um, 
this low interest rates, uh, they even went a little bit lower the other day. Um, uh, so people can can buy a lot more house uh, at a lower interest rate. Uh, that's how some people are looking at it. But mm-hmm. when is this all going to end? Uh, is this uh, something? <laughs> is this something that's going to continue <coughs> indefinitely, um, or uh, or or is this going to all of a sudden blow up and and real estate prices are going to start tumbling down? So it's just like a roller coaster. Anything that goes up will come back down. So be prepared for that. Um, I'm just hoping it doesn't result in as long of a decline as it was the last time that we did this. Um, it was a kind of deep recession where, uh, you know, prices stay low for a long time. But I'm hoping that, you know, rates will go up a little bit and we'll kind of slow the frenzy a little bit and we can kind of level off um, and not have as big of a dip as we used to, as we did um, back in the you know mid 2000s that we had. So um, that's, that's what we're hoping for. But um, you know, we need a combination of less demand and more supply. So we're hoping that that kind of happens in the fall and also next year. Is there a premium on uh, office space and commercial space here in Woonsocket? Uh, whether it's Bellingham Electric looking for warehouse space or whether it's um, uh, some kind of uh, professional looking uh, to relocate his medical office. So I think that it's going to depend because, honestly, um, I think many companies are still trying to figure out how they're going to operate uh, post-pandemic. You know, uh, as you know, we had a lot of people working from home and some companies saw, you know, an increase of production by people staying home and some people saw, you know, the opposite. So it's going to depend on, you know, the company, the industry. Um, I'm tending to think that office spaces will get uh, divided up more and there'll be more companies just in less space. Uh, industrial, I think, and manufacturing will kind of pick up because obviously that's not a home-based kind of a business that you could do. So uh, you can't do that with less people. So uh, I see that kind of a trend that where the you know mill spaces and storage spaces are going to build up, but uh, office space will shrink and that uh, will help companies operating in less space. Thank you, Garrett, for talking real estate, downtown collaborative, and Autumn Fest with us. You are welcome. Thank you okay. for giving me the time. Okay. Enjoy the rest of the day. Will do. Bye. Garrett Manseri visiting with us here on the Upfront program, and uh, we're going to switch gears. Boy, do we switch gears on this program. And uh, the gears we're going to switch to is talking about uh, education. So uh, don't go away. You're on the um, Upfront program on WNRI. We have some commercials, though, to take care of, and we're going to do that right now. We're going to begin with Grumpy's. Inside or outside dining, or your favorite pickup order from Grumpy's Restaurant in Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu and a full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood and mouth-watering Italian dishes, including pizzas, on one of the best menus in the area. Hungry today or tonight? Come in and enjoy friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup or to place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's Restaurant, 190 Pulaski Boulevard in Bellingham. Grubhub delivery is available. And we also want to remind you that uh, Grumpy's has on a Monday through Thursday basis, this is Wednesday, their $10 dinner menu. That's right. And it's offered from 4 o'clock on. And Grumpy's also has luncheon menu beginning at five ninety nine. And we are Grumpies of South Bellingham, and we'd love to see you there today. At the CPA firm of Kayer Caution, we believe in the value of relationships. We view every client relationship like a partnership and truly believe that our success is a result of your success. We're committed to providing close personal attention to our clients. We take pride in giving you the assurance that the personal assistance you receive comes from years of advanced training and technical experience. Dedicated and trusted for over 30 years. For Kayer Caution. Certified public accountants with offices in Warwick at 732-8900 and Woonsocket at 766-8100. A Roofmaster with 35 years experience. Avoid disaster and hire the master. Roofmaster provides customers with high quality roofing services. Putting a roof over your head is the most important thing your home needs. Storm and wind damages are a real threat to your roof. Most importantly, your insurance company can help you. The Roofmaster will inspect your roof at no cost to you. Inspections are free and we are fully insured. Then that includes residential and commercial properties. Contact the Roofmaster team today and we will get you started. We are GA. 
RUF certified. So call the Roofmaster at 401-400-7008. That's 401-400-7008. Remember, it's Roofmaster. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. That little red truck is all over the area. It belongs to A&R Trailer Rentals. We have 45-foot storage trailers for rent or lease and 20-foot ground-level containers available. We also offer leasing with option to buy. We specialize in household and commercial storage for the public. And if you're looking for a place to store household items while remodeling or renovating, look no further. We have your temporary storage needs available for a fraction of the cost of a storage facility. Call Al Gagnon today, 766-1919. And he'll take care of you. For your lawn and garden, we can deliver Wright's Farm Cow Manure. Or you can select an organic mix, which is lab-tested by the University of Maine for your lawn and garden, along with gravel, sand, clay, stone dust, and mulch, all delivered to your property. Al Gagnon's Little Red Truck will bring it to you. For information, call Al at 766-1919. That's 766-1919. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, we are back to uh, the panel here, and it is time for us uh, to, and we do this uh, from time to time, we let the issues build up shall we say, uh, the topics build up so that when we do invite uh, Dr. Patrick McGee to our microphones and school committee chair uh, Paul Bourget, there are things to talk about, plenty to talk about. I'm going to begin with you, Mr. Bourget. First of all, um, like uh, many times, like when we have a council member, Ron, or mayor, what would you like to mention, just in case I don't ask about it, at the end of the program, we run out of time. Is there anything you would like to mention as chairman of the school committee uh, to share with our radio audience? Um, open microphone, you're on. Well, w- good morning, Roger. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, Dr. McGee. Good morning, Chairman. Um, in terms of uh, items to be mentioned, I would say we want to talk about the masking policy uh, that we're planning to adopt uh, as we go into school uh, this fall. Uh, we certainly want to talk about the summer programs. Uh, we've got some funds that we received from ESSER that we're working on, ESSER 2, and then we'll be ESSER 3. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, we're going to be looking for a brand new principal at the high school. Okay. Uh, so those are, the, I, those are the topics I think we could discuss. Let's talk about uh, masking policy. Why don't we begin with you, Mr. Superintendent? Do we have a policy? So we currently do not have a policy. Uh, What we've been following has been the guidance from um, the uh, Department of Health, RIDE, and um, and the the EDOC group. So our our masking guidelines that we've been adhering to um, up until the end of the school year has been that, uh, you know, all staff and students... Uh, wear a mask uh, when they're when they're in school. Uh, when students are outside, when they're at recess, uh, that guidance changed toward the end of the school year, and students were not required to wear a mask uh, when they were outdoors. Uh, as Chairman Bourget stated, uh, we're going to be in the process of creating uh, guidance for next school year. Um, a variety of guidance, not just limited to mask wearing, but that certainly is is a hot topic. Uh, across certainly across Rhode Island, and I and I, you know, I would I suspect across the country as well, um, as we get closer to uh, the start of the school year. So we're going we're going to be um, creating a, a small group, much like we created last summer when we put together our plans for our reopening um, in uh, 2020. So we're going to be putting a group together that's going to be looking at. Uh, a variety of, uh, of of guidelines that we will be establishing and masking is going to certainly be uh, one of those. I, I had a conversation yesterday with, um, it was actually a Zoom meet with the uh, Department of Health, RIDE, and, and EDOC, and, and they provided us with a, a list of some upcoming dates, um, important dates. Um, so much, again, much like last year, uh, we're going to be um, creating um, a, a, 
albeit a, a, a reopening plan, not not as robust as last year's reopening plan because, um, you know, the, the situation, the, the COVID situation is, is much better than, than it certainly was uh, last summer. But, uh, you know, school districts are going to be receiving by um, August 1st uh, a template that we're going to be using as we put together our plans, and that's going to be submitted to RIDE. Um, by the 27th of August. And then on August 14th, um, school districts are going to need to establish uh, school-based testing uh, procedures as well as masking guidelines or policies. Um, so it can either be a policy or it can be a, guide, uh, a guidance. And those are due to ride um, on August 14th, which is uh, really um, in line with, with sort of our our timetable um, with respect to getting that um, the draft um, guidance and or policy to the school committee at the August 11th school committee meeting. So we, we have some some deadlines and some you know some homework ahead of us for the remaining of this for, for the remainder of the summer. Does the Woonsocket School Department have a vaccination policy? Meaning, does everybody who's inside a building have to be vaccinated? No, we do not have a, a vaccination policy. Um, however, we strongly <clears throat> excuse me, strongly encourage our, our staff and students who are of age to, uh, to get vaccinated. Um, at this point in time, I would say that we, we have roughly over 80, 83%, 85% of our staff that are vaccinated, that are fully vaccinated. Um, I don't have the number of, of students that are vaccinated to date. Uh, I know that we have provided some opportunities at our middle schools and our high school uh, in the spring, just prior to the end of the school year, for families to take advantage of, um, of you know, utilizing uh, the, the, our secondary schools to be vaccinated. We're going to be providing more opportunities uh, later this summer and also into the fall. I've had conversations with Thundermist um, around, um, you know, creating those opportunities for our families, students, and, and even, you know, staff and, and adults in our school community. Mr. Uh, Chairman of the school committee, do you see the masking situation or the vaccination situation somewhat different than the superintendent? Are you always on the same page? Well, we're never always on the same page, but I'll tell you something. We get, usually we walk the same road in the same direction. Uh, I'll say it that way. Um, we don't have a policy. We, are, we, uh, we, are, have, we have guidance. And we're getting guidance from the governor who has not mandated the wearing of masks. Uh, it's a strong recommendation. What is that? What's a weak recommendation? What's a strong recommendation? So we have recommendations from RIDE. Uh, in other words, district, decide what you're going to do and let us know and we'll go from there. Uh, we have, there's a group out there called uh, unmaskourchildren.com. And we understand they're going to be visiting our school committee meeting tonight and really pushing for uh, allowing the school, the school department to allow children not to wear masks. On the other hand, there are people who are objecting strongly to that and say, gee, you're endangering our children. Well, we have 80-something percent of our teachers and staff who are vaccinated. We have a lot of our ki uh, children are vaccinated from 12 and up. Um, we don't know who's vaccinated who's not. Uh, at the end of the day, the way I see this going is it's going to be up. We're going to leave it up to the parents. You decide. You want to send your child to school without a mask? Go ahead. If you want them to wear a mask, let them wear a mask. Same thing with the adults. It seems to me it'll be up to them. And that's going to depend on the governor. If the governor through Rido says you must wear a mask, they're mandated, then then everything stops there. Then we're going to have to have our kids and, and adults wear masks. But right now, I see this as an option. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's just like when parents had the option of stay in school, or send them to school, or keep them at home. Since we're not going to have virtual school, basically, they're going to have to send them to school. Um, or they're going to have to homeschool. So as far as masking goes, as far as I'm concerned, it's going to be up to the parents. You decide what you want with your children. If you're an anti-masker, I guess your child is not going to wear a mask unless that child wants to. Same thing with teachers. 
Um, we've seen that uh, the cases that are breaking out now, uh, basically, uh, it's this variant. But it, but if you're ma fully vaccinated, you're well protected, um, and the effects of the virus are, are minimal. So, at this point, the way I see this going, uh, Roger, is that parents, you want to have your children wear masks? Go right ahead. We'll let them wear masks. You don't want them? They don't wear them. In listening to uh, the governor, uh, I cover every news conference. I don't go to Providence, but I do uh, uh, monitor it here at the station. It sounds like the governor would really love to have every school district decide on their own, and I don't think he wants to make a decision on masking. No, he's waffling. I mean, I heard the newscast on NRI this morning, just the way he's talking. Well, you know, we're watching, we're watching the cases go up, but you know, not, the percentages are not really high, but it's almost like he's more whining, he's whining and will not make a decision. I think he's going to leave it to the districts like, like the districts were allowed to handle the COVID protocols on their own last year. We, we had guidance, but we did not have uh, any mandate. We didn't have any regulation. Um, and they visited. National Guard visited us, visited our, our task force, and frankly, they provided no help. Well, Frank, frankly, which would you prefer? Would you prefer uh, setting your own policy based on your own local conditions, or would you rather have a governor mandate? I would rather Gubernatorial have, mandate. Frankly, uh, sure. I like the fact that... Uh, <laughs> We can set our own policies, but if the science, the overall state science and results would mandate at least an, exec, an, an executive decision, that'd be great. But I'd love to, go, if the governor's going to let the districts do their own thing, then he should say that. Districts, you're in charge. Instead of, we strongly recommend. Let us decide. Give us, give us the authority to decide on our own. We will. As, we have no problem doing that, Roger. As the words of that song say, summertime in the living is easy, but when I drove by Leo Savoy School the other day, the parking lot was full. I had the impression that that summertime is not the traditional summertime for Woonsocket Public Schools this year. Uh, are we, like, geared up with a full program of, of programs? I'll uh, introduce, I'll introduce that by saying, Dr. McGee said in the uh, Valley Breeze article, summer school is on steroids. So you can explain that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Is summer school on steroids? It is. Summer school is 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 pretty pumped up. Yes, it is. Um, so no, we're we're very excited about the opportunities that we are providing our students this summer. You know, um, as uh, Chairman Bourget mentioned earlier, you know, we we have our our ESSER two funds, which was approximately twelve million dollars, and uh, we we haven't spent through all of it as of yet, but um, a, a good portion of it we've used on our our summer school uh, programming, you know, both credit recovery for our students at the secondary levels, middle and high school, and um, uh, summer enrichment for students at the elementary level and our secondary students as well. So it, it's, it's going very well. Uh, every school has a program. Um, the, the number of students by school uh, varies, but um, we have, I, I would say, a, a traditional uh, summer we we might have 60 to maybe maybe 75 students at the elementary level um this year we have you know well over uh five five fifty six hundred um and the way we've we've coordinated it is we've we've sort of chunked it into two-week blocks so a parent um, may send their child for you know the first two weeks, the second two weeks, or the third uh, set of two weeks, or they might send them the entire summer, depending on um, you know the needs of of, of the family. We've also partnered. Uh, with our community-based organizations, you know, connecting with uh, uh, children and families, uh, Community Care Alliance, uh, the Y, uh, the YM, the YW, uh, Boys and Girls Club, River's Edge. Uh, gosh, I, I, I neighbor works. So we've we've really done a nice job of 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 sharing really the day with with those organizations. Our kids start the day. Um, at our schools from eight to twelve, and that's where they're getting, you know, their 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 ramp up and 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 the, their different types of academic opportunities. And then the second half of the day, uh, we're transporting them to the to the various um, community uh, agencies in the city. So it's it's something that 
I don't believe any other district in the state is doing. I'm very proud of the of of all the the hard work and the and the cooperation between the school department and our community based mm. organizations, and also our our families who have taken advantage of this this great opportunity. Um, Part of that ESSER two funds um, is going to stretch over the next, you know, two years. So we're going to be offering the same opportunities for our students uh, next summer and the following summer. And we're really, you know, we're looking at what works, what's working this summer. And, you know, if we need to make modifications next summer, we'll do that. But, you know, we're evaluating what we're doing. And we want to provide our students with opportunities to uh, you know, to, to ramp up skills that they've lost over the last year and a half. So you got three areas. You got academic support, you have emotional support, right? Um, and you, you, you just have the family support as well. So we're, we're touching all bases uh, and credit recovery. So you go credit recovery, academic support, emotional support. We're covering all the bases this summer, and that will continue next summer and the summer after that. Tell me something. Uh, the restaurant industry uh, couldn't get workers, um, and some restaurants are actually um, closing down parts of restaurants. Did you have trouble bringing back teachers, or did you have trouble finding people to carry out the deep summer programs that you're carrying out? We didn't, and, and that's because we, are, we increased the, the hourly rate right. for teachers and, um, and, and our paraprofessionals as well. Uh, normally, we pay $30 an hour. And as we were starting to plan for the summer programming, you know, I thought to myself, just based on what I was hearing also from, from teachers and from administrators, that this last year and a half has really worn our families out, our students out, and it's worn our teachers out. So I felt as though the only way to really um, full, to, what we didn't want to have is we didn't want to have a lot of students and not enough teachers because then we would have to cancel you know some of the programming so i thought we're going to need to pay our staff our teachers and staff more you doubled it. and so we doubled it and that's coming you know out of the esser two funds and what that did is is that really i think saved the summer programming because i don't think we would have had nearly the number of of teachers and staff as we do have right now you're on the Upfront program back in a moment. Time out for Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs reintroduces flip-flop wines. And listen to this. We have two bottles of flip-flop for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10. Mix and match. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California in six varieties, including Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, it's two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyard's quality wine experiences. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light 30-pack. 2647 plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. So, for a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors. 481 Clinton Street. Have a question? 765-1800 and speak to Mike the Manager. You'll love the ambience, the food, the friendly service when you visit Cyril's Tavern downtown at 42 Cherry Street. Try our popular lobster bisque or New England chowder this summer. Or grilled flatbread served five different ways. And burgers and sandwiches sure to please. And our main plates led by marinated steak tips and short ribs. Try our summer menu including the fabulous crab cakes. Open Tuesday through Sunday. Reservations encouraged for inside or outside dining at 769-3330. Outside patio in full swing at Cyril's. Hampton Court also available for dining. Hi, this is Gina Savini, inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's, perfect for any event. All right, we'll get back to our superintendent and our uh, school committee chair in a moment, but I have one more advertisement to uh, take care of, and that is for Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery. You know, it's Christmas in July, now through Sunday, July 25th. What do we mean by that? One week only, we are bringing back some of our most popular holiday products, which are typically only available during the month of December. Like, for instance, and I'll be calling on you, Mr. Bourget, for 
assistance in this ad in a moment. For instance, um, we have our snowman and gingerbread cookies. We have our snowman cupcakes. We have our rum balls. And then we also have our famous Bush de Noel. Bush de Noel. Have you ever had one of those? Yes. Sponge cake and a nice grenache inside. Uh-huh. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, and you can buy it by, by the log or you can buy it by the slice. Good. <laughs> Good. I don't have to do this commercial. End of ad. <laughs> uh, but he's telling the truth, right. Uh, and that is available also only this week, though. And we are also bringing back for this week only uh, Wright's famous milk and cookies ice cream. Now, we have other flavors of ice cream available all year long. But uh, for Christmas time, it's uh, milk and cookies ice cream. And also, one more item uh, that we're featuring uh, this week, eggnog, available in the uh, 12-ounce or the the half-gallon bottle during Christmas and July. So you can imagine a little eggnog with those rum balls. I mean, I can just picture it right now. It's Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery, real cows, real food for real people, and we are in North Smithfield. Are we ready to go back to the program? Absolutely. Okay, here we go. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, we're going back uh, to uh, the panel. So we are spending uh, those federal funds um, that uh, have come into uh, the school department. But on the other hand, we've got plenty to uh, hold us for uh, a couple of years. Is that how how, uh, that's going to work? We do. So uh, the first round, which was ESSER II, uh, was approximately $12 million. The second round, uh, which is ESSER III, um, will, uh, will be um, provided you know, at some point in the fall. Uh, we're already in the process of putting together how we plan on spending much of that money. Um, but again, that, that, those funds are, are good for two years. So, you know, as I said, we, we put a, a good amount of planning and, and, and funding into our summer programming, which, again, was, will extend, extend over the next three summers, including this one. Um, but we're also in the process, as I said, of, of looking at, you know, adding some positions in the, in the district as well, which, you know, the one, it, that's, that's a good thing, right? It's a good thing to add positions, but we also have to be cognizant that, when this, when the grant ends in two years, uh, those positions would need to be funded somehow, whether it's through other grants or locally funded. So we really need to to be smart uh, in terms of you know what we add and you know when we get to the um, to the end of that grant, you know how we're going to hopefully sustain some of those positions. When you use the term ESSA, can you spell that out for our radio audience? What does that mean? So it, it's it's the it's the federal funds, the it's it's the the coronavirus funds that the government has provided to um, specifically in, in, in our case school departments um, and those funds have to be used uh, around the coronavirus and specifically have to be used around closing the the, uh, the, the gaps in learning that students have unfortunately suffered over the last year and a half because students have not been you know in school in person so there have been, unfortunately, you know, uh, deficiencies in, in students, you know, being where they, where they should be academically. At the beginning of the program, uh, we uh, heard you say, Mr. Chairman, that uh, you're looking for a new principal of the high school. Mm-hmm. What's the story there? Well, uh, towards the end of June, uh, our, the current principal, Mr. Henderson, Carnell Henderson, uh, resigned his position. Um, and as such, um, he, I, I guess he decided to go back to California. To, I mean, he's got family there, but he, he resigned his position. Um, we're still in the process of uh, finalizing an agreement with him, um, but he will not be returning as principal. And that's still um, going on. So there's, there's a lot of the details we can't provide. But at this point, we have an interim principal, Mr. Gio. Mr. Jeff Gio, yes. uh, who's doing a fabulous job. He did a lot of the planning for this summer program that we're involved in right now. Um, and so we're going to be posting, the, the position's going to be posted. We're going to be interviewing right away, and hopefully we will have a full-time principal uh, sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the, the, the sum total of it. Uh, 
Yesterday, um, when uh, the governor was speaking, he said, we have an agreement with the uh, Providence Teachers uh, Union for a new contract. And um, so I have actually two questions here. Number one is, just like your answer was uh, concerning uh, the departure of um, the Mr. Henderson, you can't go into all the details. Just like he said, we cannot go into all the details. Uh, but they will be revealed. Will they eventually be revealed, the details, uh, further on down the line? Well, well, or will this be a private agreement? Well, Don, once the agreement is finalized, uh, the document becomes public. So because it's public, the, the details within the agreement will be relayed, can be uh, read by the public and understood a little better. But that will not happen uh, for, for the next few weeks or so. Uh, with the, uh, we can say that the school contracts with the the, the contracts uh, with the teachers, paras, and uh, and with the uh, eleven thirty seven union is being those contracts are being ratified by the unions, um, and the details of those will be made public once the ratifications are completed. So we're pretty much we're pretty much there with that. The other part of the question is, let me read how the story uh, read here. Uh, ten weeks ago, McKee intervened in the acrimonious Providence teachers negotiation, and he announced that the state has reached an agreement with the Providence Teachers Union. Right. So that's suggesting that Providence and Central Falls now have state agreements, mm-hmm. but the other 37 cities and towns or districts in Rhode Island are still on their own, and we still have our own autonomy. Is that a fact? That's a that's fact, not crap. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's that's fact. You can further comment on it. If you I will. Like. Um, it, the Providence and Central Falls are completely different entities. It's the state that runs the schools. The, their agreements have to be made with the state. Uh, Woonsocket and all the other thirty-seven uh, districts, it's the school committee that really approves the contracts. That really, we set up a, a negotiation team, which we had done sometime in late February. Um, and we started really working on this sometime in March, and three months later we're done, which is a lot faster than the last time. So we're done, and both sides are in agreement. But now the the, uh, the union head, uh, you know, the leaders have to take those that those agreements to their union members, get them ratified. When that's done, we'll have final contracts. So it's. It's done locally, not at the state level. All right. Thank you. Uh, we're out of time. If, uh, if you've got anything else to say, you've got 30 seconds to say it. Uh, we're continuing to work hard, even though it's the summer. Um, we're preparing, you know, as I said earlier, for our reopening, um, both the COVID part and, and the, the non-COVID, the academic part. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, the summer isn't over yet, but, but it's, it's getting close. Uh, I'm looking forward to the start of a, of a new school year, uh, some new beginnings. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the direction that the Woonsocket Education Department is heading in. All right. We'll have you back before school starts. Thank you for being with us. See you tomorrow. Thank you, Roger. On the Upfront Program. Bye-bye.